0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is a Champions Day preview with two expert guests. We have our very own, the stalwarts, who plays every game in the season, Andy Holding, and making his debut, and I think what can be described as, as making a debut kind of in the Champions League final, I guess, for Champions Day. Uh, delighted to be joined for the first time by by John O'Connell as well. And, and John, I'll come to you first. Before we get into the racing, the more important stuff, let's find out a bit about yourself. Uh, for those who are, are watching or, or listening, who, who aren't aware of what you do and who you are, just give us a, a quick rundown of, I don't know, how you got into the sport and, and what you do day to day.
1: Just been a big fan of horse racing since I was a kid. I've uh, worked in it all my working life been an odds compiler for major bookmakers for 30 odd years that's been my main thing setting the prices from as soon as the, uh, the the races come out so you've got nothing else to work from it's purely just you and a blank sheet of paper um but that's changed over the last few years so i've now been doing full-time punditry whether it be for the radio or racing tv
0: great stuff and you're a big fan of champions day what have you made of it as uh since its inception
1: yeah it's we've had some cracking stuff um people are always gonna be talking about whether it's too late because of the ground but it's it's just the way you could almost have it three weeks earlier and you could have soft ground on that occasion and then you'd have to move all the other fixtures around europe so it's it's where it is uh and it's and it's working fine we get big size fields, and there should be a cracking day on saturday
0: Yeah, it should be, with the added intrigue of the Jockey's Championship as well. We can't talk about that in too much depth because we're recording this on Thursday morning at about 11.30. So with a full um, book of rides, or or not so much with Sheen uh, at Chelmsford this evening, this would uh, age pretty quickly if we were to talk about it. But as it stands at the moment, William Buick, two. Uh, short of Ashin with three days to go, I think just about picking prices. Ashin, that just about the favourite as we record. Andy, what what do you make of this as a betting heat? You know, we, we speak a lot about Ascot um, and you know the quirks of Ascot and how it's important to have some some course form there. I guess in the same way, you know, continuing with the football football analogies, um, often people say there's no value in Premier League football because you know all the form is out there. There's there's so much liquidity, it's hard to really get an angle. And I guess in in a way champions day is as close as you're going to get to that where there are no secrets to be held by any of these we we know what we're going to get um how do you rate it as a as a punting spectacle for that reason
2: um i I think it's a it's a great um um season ending uh six day six races for, for punters to get stuck into um because as you said the form's there for all to see we've had a good year of it two years of it in, in the case of quite a few, these horses are rocking up again here, uh, again as they did last year or even the year before in, in some instances. So we've got a good body of work of knowing which horses ask, act well at Ascot, particularly this time of year. And I kind of tend to throw away some of the early season form and look for those that have been targeted specifically for this meeting. I'd rather go a targeted horse than a horse that comes here as a bit of an afterthought um, because there has been a couple of runs you could easily um, forgive. Perhaps they've run in races that haven't suited or on ground that they wouldn't have suited. But come here in the autumn, a certain kind of horse tends to come back here and rock up every time and run really well. And I think the bookmakers are forced almost to price up on what's happened rather than almost kind of like try and second guess what might be coming. Um, And Mm. I think as a punter, you can can spot the value and, and where the mistakes are made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um we're going to get into the racing <clears throat> in just a second. Um but before we do so, just going to point you in the direction of the odds checker app. It is the best place, you know, we're going to be talking about the best prices available to you punters throughout this ep- uh, this episode. So the app is the place to find those. You'll get the best each way terms as well. Plenty of bookies going sticking their neck out for extra places, free bets, you'll find there as well. Uh, and of course, on the app, you'll find some of the very best tipsters in the game, including Andy Olding himself, whose tips will be up on the app at about nine o'clock every day's racing as well. So make sure you do check that out uh, into the racing now and the opener. We're going to go through the cards, uh, six race card, one through to six. And the first race on the day is the long distance cup. As I say, we're recording this. Okay not long after final decks are out so the markets are reforming as we speak i'm going to do my best to kind of be across all the different bookies as they do come out uh and in the long distance cup best price at the moment you're going to be getting about the favorite trushan is 11 to 8 11 to 8 with both bet365 and william hill who are the first two firms who are out stradivarius four to one hamish six to one princess zoe 15 to two uh, Baron Samadie, 8-1. to box, Rocco, 14s. The Mediterranean, 20s. Roberto Escobar, 25s. 33-1 bar, the last four. Given it's your debut and given that I've heard Andy talking about Truchan and Stradivarius more times than I can believe, uh, going to come over to you first here, John, uh, for first run in the long-distance cup.
1: Well, three of these ran in the Prix de a fortnight ago and obviously testing conditions over in France at Longchamp. Um True came out best on that occasion. Stradivarius, now this season, I think three runs we've seen Stradivarius looking maybe six, seven pounds below the the Stradivarius that we knew the peak one from last season. True had his measure on a couple of occasions in the last 12 months, including this race last year. Princess Zoe was disappointed in the the CAD run a few weeks ago. I don't know if anything came to light, uh, but I thought we'd perform better than that. Truchan, I expect, would probably come at best of the three. But I'm worried about the fact that this wouldn't be an afterthought, I think. I think it's been the back of the minds for all three of them. But I, I, I'm worried if you go two and a half miles in Paris a few weeks ago, even if you won in good style like Truchan has, I just wonder if you've had a bit of a hard race there. Well, Truchan won this race last year. He came a little more under the radar. He'd had a few months off since a run, I think, in the E-ball. But this is a bit different. He's coming here two weeks on, and I'm just a bit... I've got a nagging little worry in the back of my mind about a horse coming here just two weeks after that tough race. The ground conditions on Saturday, will it'll be on the soft side, but it probably wouldn't be as uh, soft as Truchan Once ideally once real cut in the ground. The one I think could be a player on the race is Hamish. Uh, they've had problems with the horse getting into the track in the last 18 months. He ran at Ascot uh royal meeting last year he was running a big race in the hard week stakes then he got injured after that so he missed the Ebor, and he came back at at kempton six weeks ago and it was a huge effort to beat huckham in that race in the mm. old weather that day uh, we don't know much about him on over two miles but he's always looked as if this were a trip suit and i think hamish is gonna be a big big player in this race and i wouldn't be at all surprised if he turned over the big ones in the market
0: Hamish there, the choose the the choice there for John. Uh, six to one best price as it stands with Bet365, uh, getting a fifth to three at the moment. I think with that short price favourite, Trushan, 11 to eight, probably unlikely you're going to be getting any more places there. Um, but if you did want to back each way, six to one Hamish, the one for John. Uh, Andy, you've been team Trushan all year, um, just finally got your just rewards. Uh, what's the play here in your opinion? Now the market kind of reflects what you've been saying all season.
2: Yeah, I feel as though I should invest in one of those like yellow and blue scarves that are positioned <laughs> at the racetrack now that we see, you know, like, I think since the big books days, wasn't it, many, many years ago when all the race goes don those uh, their their favourite colours? Um, yeah, true, Sean. I've, I've been a fully paid up member of this fella f- ever since he really won this race last year when he clocked a, a, an absolutely, truly sensational time figure. And, and it was the best speed figure yeah. on, on that six race card last year. And, um, when he's had his conditions, he's pretty much proven that there was no fluke about his eleven to one victory. We're not going to get any eleven to one this time it's eleven to eight this time, so you you have to sort of like hold yourself back uh, sometimes and think, well, can I find a better eleven to eight chance in a in a market on a on a run of the mill day of the week I think the answer would probably be yes, but as it stands, you know Trushan comes in here with with the best form, doesn't he you know he's already mm-hmm. beaten the best players, including Stradivarius. Um, and he proved in the cabron last time out that, you know, two miles, two and a half miles, he's just basically unbeatable when there's ease in the ground. And there is going to be ease in the ground come Saturday. I think it's good to soft, soft in place on the round track with showers on Friday. I think a little one or two little specks of showers, which will probably keep the ground as it is at the moment, all the way through to Saturday. Uh, it's, it, it's all autumnal ground anyway, which is what he wants, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for those that like to hit heavy hit at 11 uh, 08, it's there for the taking. Um, whether I get stuck into him, uh, I don't know. He's certainly not going to be horse, even though I love him to bits. I'm going to put in my column. It's not my start to put an 11-8 shot up on a Saturday when I've got five other races to to have a good crack at. I think if I was looking for a value bet like John has looked with regards Hamish, I can certainly buy into that theory. I'd look away from the obvious one, Stradivarius and Prince of Zoe, because I think they've had fairly hard seasons, and albeit this race has always been at the back of Connections' mind, They've had six or seven runs, respectively, to come here, whereas the likes of Baron Samedi and perhaps Berkshire Rocco, I think, have very much geared their season around for this race. You look, you look at their two respective campaigns. Baron Samedi, he had his last run um, over in France in July, and then he was off the track for 70 days before he made his reappearance again at the curry the other day in the Irish St. Ledger, when he was third behind Soddy Boy Liston, and he was doing all his best work at the end. He stays two miles, as he proved, out in America. Um, and and they put the cheat pieces on him as well just to kind of um, sharpen his ideas up in in mid-race. He's got a good draw as well. Um, He's drawn his stall too, so he should get a lovely run around the inner. And Boxer Rocco's the same. He's just had the two runs this season, um, so he's going to be fresher than most, but he had a big break from running in in Doha uh, in uh, February to come into uh, Salisbury the day and got beaten in in a tactical forerunner conditions event. I think that was basically just a run to serve the purposes of um, getting him cherry right for this. And if you look at Baron Rocco's record here at Ascot, it reads really well. Um, second in the Queen's Vase Santiago, and he beat Alba Flora uh, this time last year in a, in a in a Group Three race. So, again, again, if you're looking at horses for courses, he, he's he's right up there with some of them. So, I would probably look come Saturday to see what price Baron Samedi are and, and Baron Rocco are the pair of them without the favourite. Because they're going to be, I would say, fourth and fifth favourites respectively. You're going to have Hamish, mm. Princess Zoe uh, and Stradivarius ahead of them. So if I can get sort of six, seven, eight to one, roughly ar- around those two, I'll probably be coupling those two in in, in the race to get second. That, that's the way I'll probably end up playing it myself personally.
0: Yeah, no market as it stands at the no. moment for the without, but we'll keep an eye on that. And at the moment, as I say, Baron, Baron Samedi, uh, eight to one with 3.65, best price. Barclay Rocco, 14 to 1, best price with 3.65. Uh, so they're the prices at the moment. So you can probably anticipate they're going to be about, pretty what, just a touch shorter than half that um, when it comes to to with the without market. But we'll see as the markets do reform. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, not a negative for Trushan by any stretch from Andy no, there, but maybe not. some maybe some value to be had uh, at bigger prices. Um, we'll move on then to the um, Sprint Stakes, the British Champion Sprint Stakes, where Dragon Symbol is the seven to two favourite, ahead of Art Power at four to one, Rohan same price at four to one, Creative Force eleven to two, Minzal eight to one, Kin Ross twelve to one, Glenn Shield and Vadrine both fourteen to one. 16 to one, Gustavus Weston twenty to one bar. Andy, I'll come over to you first for for this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what, um, what a complex race this this is on paper. Mm. I mean, I think it's the first time we've ever had as many runners as this. Uh, we had twelve last year, didn't we? And Dream and Dreams uh, won. Um the year before. I think was it one? Um or might have been. Was it the other way around? It might have been glenshiel Dream and Dreams. But yeah. e- either way, yeah, there was only sort of like between ten and twelve runners. Uh, they're going to be pretty much spread right across the track. I'd imagine it'd be. Similar to what we saw the other, the other, the other day, a narrowing of the of the, of the turf a track, a track at straight track at Ascot, meaning that um, they'll probably split into two groups. that They will get far side, stand side, and on the limited evidence of what we saw um, a few weeks back, when Al in particularly won that um, seven foot long handicap, the far side seemed to have it by a country mile and. Mm-hmm. I think the last few years here at this meeting, that they've tended to migrate over towards that way. I think when Niord won the, the Bold Marrow Handicap um, last year, he went far side. So it certainly makes life a little bit more difficult. I must admit, if I had to choose a stall for, for art power, my main fancy with this race, I certainly wouldn't have picked 20 of 20. Um, that is a little bit of a stumbling block, potentially. But I think he's the, he's coming here arguably in the best shape. Um, I don't think he was necessarily right at his absolute best a couple of times this season, albeit he's run really well in, in adversity. I and mean, he got a terrible draw in the July Cup. He was on the right on the far side wing, rowing his own boat. And he was miles clear of anything around him. But he, of course, he was on the wrong side and he ended up finishing fourth when the likes of Starman and Creative Force, et cetera, all come up the near side rail. So he was unlucky there. But at the core of last time out, I haven't seen a sprinter hit the line as hard as he did. And quicken as well as he did when he when he beat a good a good field that day. His time figure was very, very special. His back end sections, as you can imagine, were very good. And it was one of the few times where he actually got a ride which he should have been given many times in the past. Mm. And this is the problem with Sylvester de souza, and he's the he's the biggest stumbling block for this horse not winning potentially on Saturday because the way Sylvester rides, particularly when he gets his back up in a race like this and he sees the red mist, he tends just to, like, put his foot down from the gate and go. And that's not how to ride Ascot, and that's not how to ride Art Power. Um, you've got to hold him up here. You've got to give him a chance of getting home in the last two furlongs. So if, you, if you're listening to this video, Sylvester, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> hold him up. Don't hit the front until two furlongs out. That's how he needs to ride. He needs to look at Dave Allen's ride to the corner of the day. In fact, I wish Dave Allen was riding him because that's the way he needs to be ridden. Held on to, given a lead off something, and then let go. So, if he's given those tactics, and it's the big if. Of course, I don't really know what Sylvester's doing or what he's thinking. Um, he probably doesn't even know until he goes down to the start or the, <laughs> the stalls open even. Um, but if everything goes swimmingly and he does give a con- give him a conservative ride, then I think he's going to. I think he's got a, a massive chance of winning this. Um, and luckily for him as well, he's got a few front runners towards the near side. He's got Field Princess, stall 18. He's got Happy Power as well, in the same colours. I mean, there could be a bit of sort of ownership tactics here with, with, um, with Happy Power. Um, if Rob Hornby's given the, the sort of nudge to sort of go on and make the run in, then it will give, them hopefully, Sylvester a little bit to, of uh, licence to make, maybe sit and take a lead. But if he does get the lead that I'm desiring and hoping for, then I think our power is going to be very, very difficult to, to kick out the first three. He's in sensational form.
0: Not, but you can't say the same for former champ Sylvester De Souza. The levels of disrespect, Andy, unbelievable.
2: Just, I, well, I mean, John, have had discussions <laughs> about Sylvester, and I, you know, I'm, 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 happy as a pundit to stick by my guns and to say, of course, Sylvester does not ride this track particularly well. His record suggests that. I'm not having a go in at him for just him, person, who's a jockey. I mean, I think he's a great jockey, but elsewhere he's fantastic. But Ascot, for some reason, he just doesn't seem to be able to get the tactics right. Well, Interesting. You, you need to hold them up on the straight track.
0: Hills have just opened um, since we've been talking, and they've gone really aggressive at the top end of the market. They make Art Power, Dragon Symbol, and Rohan nine to two, the three uh, joint favourites as well. So, so they're sticking their neck out above uh, above three six five second firm out. Uh, John, how do you see this one going?
1: Yeah, Art Power, same as Andy. That looked a cracking performance in Ireland last time, and he got a different sort of ride. He he was blasted, especially a Haydock uh, a couple of starts ago in the Sprint Cup that day a very aggressive ride on that occasion but it just he looked a much better horse for the slightly calmer well definitely calmer more relaxed mm. ride under david allen in Ireland last time um the would have to mention rohan but i'm worried about rohan at the start he's dwelt but given away maybe no more than the length on a few occasions but that was a totally different thing in ireland last time he completely blew the start now it may be a, a one-off I am worried about horses. If they do it once, they're almost just as liable to do it again. It can be a habit to get into. So for Rohan, I think it'll be people will be just, it'll be almost fast as fingers. As soon as the stalls open, see mm-hmm. how he looks. Horse, um, I'm interested in is Minzal in the race. There's just a bit of a concern. The race may come a little bit soon for him. He's been off the track for twelve months up until Ascot here a few weeks ago, where I thought he ran very well over five furlongs. All his form, all his his races are juvenile, were over six, so I think the return to the extra furlong will be fine for him on on Saturday. He's got there, as Andy said about the pace, there's pace on both sides. Uh, The low numbers, you've got Azano in there and Glenshield last year's winner, so they'll be going hard from the front, so Minzal will be able to track those those pair through, and I think Minzal, whose single-figure price has been well-backed over the last 24, 48 hours, I think he could be the one, so Minzal for me, but um, I expect there's going to be five places here with quite a few bookmakers may even be a six going round. and Vadrim who's got course form and has run two big big races here this year, winning a few weeks ago and also running so well uh, at the Royal meeting as well, that could be another player as well, but i just probably prefer Linzal
0: yeah uh Vadream <clears throat> dream finished so what two lengths behind creative force at royal ascot and then one last time out on the track uh, a couple of weeks ago as well um big one for charlie fellows i think mean, he'd love to get a winner on champions day 14 to one Vadream, dream uh eight to one minzar but as john says uh firms currently three places this could be one um you know unlikely to see a massive punt now you would you wouldn't think so it could be one just to hold fire and, and then back on the day when firms are giving you a few extra places to play with Uh, unlikely to be any extra places you'd think in the fillies and mares uh, where Mm. snowfall is the four to five favorite in this uh, eight runner affair Um, gets me excited alba flora five to one invite eleven to two ashada seven to one uh, la jaconde and tribal craft both 20 to one lady hayes 33s mystery angel 40 to one and you mentioned there that 11 to eight isn't really your style but let's look at snowfall as a four to five shot. um you know i'm not saying you're necessarily going to tip up snowfall but can you find holes in snowfall enough to, to get against her with any of the others
2: oh yeah big time i mean this is one of the favourites i want to be taking on um from a a, a a value perspective anyway um and albeit she ran reasonably well in the arc de triumph you know six in a stellar stellar renewal um it's certainly not um by any means, a, a, a backward step. But the last two runs have definitely, for me anyway, suggested, just suggested that she's probably not in the same kind of form that she was in the height of summer, particularly, of course, in the Oaks and, and then in the in the Irish Oaks, respectively, and, of course, at York. Those runs may be taken out of out her of a little bit more than we thought at the time. Um, and she's been asked to peak again another 13 days later after running over a mile and a half. And again, it's a classic situation we've got here of, Horses or horse a horse being targeted specifically at this race, coming here fresh and coming here fresh off the back of a big win, and and that filly really is is invite. Who for me, is the standout candidate in this race by by quite some time. Particularly just based on the on the time figures at we keep. this horse almost superseded um, Snowfall's performances early on in the season in Group Ones when winning at just a listed race at Chester. The, the, the numbers she clocked that day off the back of a seemingly strong gallop was quite extraordinary. Of course, she beat all the older horses as well, the likes of Alanak, um, Alignac and Wells Fargo. Uh, and she did it going away as well. I, I like the way she was very strong at the finish, suggesting that the step up to a mile and a half really suited her. Um, and she's got a great run star for Ascot. She's yet to run at Ascot, which is the only thing I could see as a negative in her a, in a CV. I do like to, in general, back horses who've run at Ascot before. To be acclimatized with the track, but she is a hold-up filly. She likes to be switched off, dropped out, and that's what you need on the round track as well. You don't want horses up the speed, doing too much, un, you know, liable not to get home. That Egan will just sit her mid division or even towards her ear and just let her tootle along, and then ask her to quicken when, once once she she turns for home. Hopefully, she won't get into trouble in in uh, with just seven opponents. And I quite like the the idea of um, John Egan riding her again because she, you know, he he deserves to do so. I haven't ridden her. Expertly around Chester. Um, I'd make the danger Alba Flora, who's got some really good figures here at Ascot on soft ground. And she's had a fairly good season. She's been competing in group ones as well. So she's not going to find this company alien to her. So, all in all, I'd want to be against Snowfall. I think she's a poor price. Um, the Betty's invite each way with the dead out runners. That's going to, definitely going to go into my each way multiples um, come the weekend with, with a healthy regard to Alba Flora as well.
0: Would you ever bat both of them each way, given this dead eight and you're, and you're so anti the favourite?
2: I'd probably do a few two by twos. I, I tend to, on, on, on these weekends, do like if I fancy two or three in the sprint, I probably would do two or three. And that do maybe one drawn low and one drawn high. Have a, have a couple of like Baron samedian Berkshire, Rocco in the first race, mm. do a two by three by two. I'll i I'll have like multiple bets, all that, you know, covering all my fancies really. So I'll definitely stick Alba Floor in right here with the dead eight runner runners. I mean, at the absolute worst, one of them would be in the first three. And, you know, you get the sweets if one of them wins. Um,
0: yeah.
2: So, yeah, that that's, that's my strategy come the weekend.
0: Good stuff. Interesting to get a bit of betting insight, betting betting theory from Andy as ever. Uh, John, how do you see this? As as keen to take on Snowfall as Andy is?
1: I would be taking on Snowfall, probably not as keen as Andy. Uh, I've had a look at this race four or five times before I realised what the field looked like. I have no idea, unless I've missed stories this week, I don't know where Free Wind and Le Petit Coco are. They've dominated the market this week.
2: Search for a song as well, John. There's another one. Missing. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, search for a song. There's that's another one. Yeah, it's not even in the opening race either. No. Um, bit of a bleat, but I, unless I've missed something, I have no idea why these horses aren't running. And these days, you've got Freedom so many... Cup. Well, it would be nice if something was tweeted or, or messaged in the last 24 or 36 hours so that we had an idea. It's hmm. It's hard work for punters, as things are. But um, if you're suddenly looking at the race this morning, it looks a totally different race than we were thinking earlier in the week. Yeah. Just a little message saying we may not be going Saturday. Would have been nice, but um, now we're left with <laughs> snowfall mm. having been about six to one or so yesterday. Now I, think, I, think,
0: I think snowfall was, was five point three on the exchange when the when the market closed. Which just showed how yeah. little talk there was about you know, the, the non-runners ahead of it, and some people sitting on some lovely anti-post bets. Um, I think by luck rather than design.
1: Yeah, uh, Snowfall will probably, I think it will probably win if it repeats the last two runs, which were well below the Oaks' performances early in the year. But there's obviously a the bit of a chance she could regress again. I'm definitely in the invite camp. I think this looks an, a crack in each way, bet. the slight negative. Andy mentioned the fact he hasn't been to Ascot before. The Chester form could have worked out better. The the, the three who ran behind her that day have ran moderately since then. Um, but I'd be happy with invite because if you take Snowfall away, this looks probably the weakest group one I've seen for quite a while. Um, mm. I think it's a big opportunity for something to get in there. Who, I mean, somebody's trainers and owners in this race must be looking at it and thinking this is a this is a cracking opportunity we would not have been dreaming of having. Uh, so yeah, I'm in. I'm in each way camp for invite as well. Big big chance and uh, everything looks in place for it. Mind you, having lost those three as we mentioned, we might lose another one and end up with seven runners
0: yeah that's true um, invite currently 11 to 2 but as John right. is right to point out there if one more comes out at this stage suddenly that three races that, those three places become two although judging the way that Andy uh, was talking of invites chances I don't think he'd be too perturbed by that uh, at all both um, very keen to take on Snowfall um, although yeah if you are sitting on a nice um, pre two day decks 48 hour decks bet on, on Snowfall no one's going to take that 5-6 to 1 away from you so uh, well played to those out there who've done that Onto the QE2, um, where Palace Pier is the 13 to 8 favourite ahead of Baid at nine to four, uh, Alcohol Free nine to one, alongside the Revenant, Master of the Seas ten to one, Ben Battle 14 to 1, 20 to one, Lady Bothorpe and Mother Earth 100 to one. Bar, um, John, we'll come to you here first. Um, Two, you know, we mentioned that was a very a, a poor-looking Group One. I, I don't think the same can be said here. Um, some quality horses in in, in this renewal. Uh, how do you see the market at the moment?
1: Um, I think it's going to swing in favour of Palace Pier, uh, at least with this race, both of them have turned up and this has been billed a big <clears> head-to-head <throat> for the last two or six weeks or two months or so. Mm. Um, I- I'm firmly in the Palace Pier camp with this one, I, I am. Uh, Bide was hugely impressive all through the summer. Um, the-, the Goodwood race taken a few knocks since, certainly uh, the French group one has taken a few knocks since. Palace Pier just returns to a track, and he got beaten in this race last year. But I, he's had a lighter campaign this time round. I think this is—I think he'll win. I think of the, the others, the Revenant, has has had a, a campaign geared towards this as last year, and I think the Revenant could be a big player. It could be each-way value in the race. Uh, but I fancy Palace Pier of the big two, and I think I'm got a feeling that the market will shift more Palace Pier over Baid as we go closer to the race.
0: So, you think the thirteen to eight worth taking now, with that, without that, likely to shorten think, until Saturday? Yeah,
1: I would think. Even if it stays the same, possibly aid will drift, but I think that uh, it's it's going to become more Palace Pier over baid. So, if, yeah, thirteen to eight, seven to four could be the way to play. <clears throat>
0: Andy, do you agree? What
2: with how the market will go, or
0: just, um, or, or, or I mean, everything? Did you agree that Palace Pier is the like the the, the the likelier of the two? Do you think the market will shorten up in in its favour?
2: I wouldn't have an overly dogmatic view of which way the market will go. Um, it's very fickle, isn't it? You'd always think mm. with Frankie on Frankie Factor on Saturdays at Ascot would probably suggest that anyway. Um, and I think he's probably got enough um, credit in the bank to be favourite, hasn't he? He's got better form than Ben uh, than Bayed in general um, over over a period of time. Ben Battle and very much the the uh, Johnny come lately isn't he? he's 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 the the new kid on the block there you go That's two cliches all in one. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a world record. Um, and and we just we just don't really still know how good Bayed is now he's in 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 the in the real lines den. there's a go. there's another one that's three. I managed to get in there. <laughs> uh, because I do think this is a, a stellar renewal of this race. Um, the fact that a horse like mother Earth, even alcohol free, you're looking at sort of down the barrel of twenty to one genuine mm. group. One horses. it just shows you how good this, this race is. Um, he has never run over the straight track at Ascot, so that's got to be a consideration. He should be fine because he's got a hold-up style, so that's the way horses tend to win on a regular basis here at Ascot, so that's not a problem. He, he settles quite well. He gives himself a chance of getting home. He's not a hard puller by any stretch. He just wants a good on his pace, which to all intents and purposes he, he should get. Um, Many money doubt about Palace Pier would be slightly below par run in this race last year, and it came off the same kind of break, didn't it, John? I think he ran in the mm. he won the mm. Jack Namara, and then you know he's carrying all before him, and, and then he came and stuck and, and got well put in his place by the Revenant, and mm. and that is the bet as I'm getting onto. I finally, got to where I needed to be. Take your time. Uh, yeah, three three cliches down down the line, I'm, I managed to get where I, <laughs> where I, where, I, where I need to be with the Revenant. Look, I, I talked about at the top of the show. Um, horses being trained for a specific race, and this is literally in a nutshell. Um, French trained, they won it last year. They've basically geared their whole season around this. You, you can just tell the way it's been campaigned. Two runs in in early part of that uh, spring, April and May. Given a 154 day break off the track, brought back at Longchamp the other day given a classic French ride, dropped right out the back, absolutely flew home and, and within another couple of strides would have beaten Real World who got a good uh, ride by Frankie from the front end. But that should have brought around about a, a, a decent amount of fine-tuning with, uh, with the Revenant. And we know, looking at his track record here at Ascot, that he peaks at this time of year in this race. And he's got his favourite soft ground again. Um, he's, he's got the perfect run style for the track. He likes to be dropped out and he gets brought through, and he comes with a late run, and he's always strong in a finish. And that is the kind of horse I'd love to back, even more so at the price he's likely to be. He's going to be around about eight to one. Uh, again, another one that's going to go in all my each-way multiples. I, I, I just <laughs> can't see him not being in the frame. You know, he's, he's just proven that this is the race for him every year, and um, he's had a light campaign as had a lot of the other horses I've like Mother Earth, uh, and, and horses of such as of that nature have all had. Um, Probably one or two races too many, so I'm I'm all in on the French horse here.
0: All in on the Re- the Revenant. And Andy, sometimes when we're talking and you're you're talking up a horse like this, I often see the prices start to go, and I wonder if you're tapping away, getting your bets on as you're mm-hmm. talking. But this time, the opposite's happened. Hills, as I was watching it, knocking the Revenant out from eight to one, out to seventeen to two. So fastest finger first. Now, uh, I'll go to John for his, for his, for the first answer. Next up, and you can do your thing. Uh, seventeen to two, best price now. The Revenant. One for Andy there, uh, Palace Pier, the one for John. Uh, On then to the penultimate race on Champions Day. It is the Champions Stakes, where we've got Mishrif is the six to four favourites ahead of Adayar at two to one. Adayib is six to one. Dubai Honour, eight to one. 14 to one. Bar John coming to you for this one. A similar shape to the race, I guess, as with the QE2, with two at the top end and then a few class horses in behind as well. Um, How do you see this going?
1: Yeah, Mishriff, after you won at York's sensational performance in the on mm. International in, in August, there had several alternatives that could have gone in so many places. Um, I thought maybe Irish Champions League would have been the way they've gone, but this is when they decided upon. Uh, I think it's a deeper race than it was last year, so I'm happy to be against last year's winner, Adabe, for that reason, although it's had a nice break since the Eclipse at Dave, and this would have been the target for some time. I'm not too sure if the ground's going to be soft enough for it. A day, I think this this could be a bit of an afterthought. I'm not so much worried about the dropping trip. It's going mile and a quarter for the first time since April um, at Sandown for a uh, for the Derby winner. But I'm. I don't know if this was ever on the radar until after the arc a few weeks ago. And it was only last weekend that Charlie Appleby started talking about the fact that, yeah, he's going to leave it in on the, on the Monday at the five-day stage and see how things pan out. Um, so they're going for it anyway. A day its fair play, to adds so much to the race. But I think Mishrif, I thought that was an electric performance at York. That was really, really good. Um, and I'm happy enough to be with him. Dubai Honour, I think, is a big runner. I th- I'd fancy you buy on a more of the William Haggis pair. It's been under the radar all summer. Uh, and it's they supplemented it just earlier in the week for plenty of money to put in there. They have got their money in the bank anyway after the French win a couple of weeks back. But I think I could be the pick of the William Haggis pair. Um but I'm sticking in the Mishrift camp, I'm afraid.
0: Sticking in the Mishrift camp at six to four there <laughs> for John. Andy.
2: Um yeah, I think I think Mr. Is, is is the right favourite, um, and, and a strong one at that. You know, he's he's proven that he's one of the best horses in the world uh, around uh, uh, in and around this trip. Um, it's hard to fault him, really, isn't it? You know, he's he's got a nice draw, he's relatively fresh. You know, he hasn't run for 59 days. I like the way his season's been campaigned. He's very much this has been his race and like work backwards. Um, whereas. There's no way R has had this target tar- and they're working backwards. I mean, the arc was his race. That was clearly the plan mapped out from the King George and he ran really well. Um, he just didn't get, on the day, didn't get home over in the mile and a half. I think partly to do with the fact that he got taken onto the far side of the road. I don't think much has been made of that at Longchamp. But if he went on that dead rail on the far side when it had all been churned up, um, it definitely didn't do any favours. I think I think it's known in the trade has been taken onto the swamp. Mm. And it, no, it's no great surprise to me that the actual winner, the German horse, came farthest and away from the rail towards the near side. I think it was a, a significant factor in, in that German horse winning. Um, so you could half forgive him for, for, for not, not quite putting it all together. And, and uh, let's face it, he is a high-quality horse that's got proven ascot form. But I'd, I'd prefer Mischief out of the front too. There's no doubt about that. I actually think this race is um, similar to quite a few of these with with. Top heavy market leaders has got a bit more depth into it, and I do like the shape of these races because you can get great value about horses almost certain to turn up and and got tremendous track form. And uh, Adair, who, who John mentioned there in passing, who won this race last year, is he, definitely one horse I'd look to back each way because his form figures for this track are one, one, two, 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 one. Mm. So again, it's just the kind of horse, regardless of form, I just look at a horse who's got the. The body of work to suggest I'm going to get a run for my money, whatever happens. And at the prices, he's he's definitely another horse I want to be sticking in some each way multiples at thirteen to two. Um, again, I like the fact that he hasn't run for 105 days. Haggis has has had this race on 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 his mind for a little while, but, and you know he he could have easily he, they could have, they could have easily thought, All right, you know, Dubai, know, you know, won the other day. Well, in France, let let's run him though. And, and that's not run a day, but I think a day of deep down, I think he's probably there number one. Uh, and the other two have been um parachuted in there at the last minute. I certainly have a healthy respect for Dubai Honor, I got him doing a good back end section of when he won it to Longchamp the other day. <clears throat> and talking of Longchamp, I do think Sealyway will run really well. Um, don't forget this this fella finished second to St Mark's Basilica in, in mm. the French Derby early in the season, over a mile and a quarter. Um, and I just didn't like his track position in the Arc de Triomphe. But if you fancy Adyar, and a lot do, at 7-4, to four, I can't believe for the life of me why Sealyway is a 14-1 to one poke. Um, and he's got a run run style tailor-made for this show. I've watched Sealyway over the last two years. I followed him last year as a two-year-old. And he likes to be switched off, held up, and then brought with a run. He's got a good turn of foot. So, again, I'm probably going to do some each-way multiples here and, and stick to him on bet. A day would be the number one for sure, and and seelyway I'm more than happy to put him in as well.
0: Yeah, I mentioned a day six to one with three six five, fifteen to two now with Hills. Um, so a massive price there, fifteen to two a day yeah. What a saying,
2: That's a massive price. for those li- for those
0: listening rather than watching. Uh, for those listening to this rather than watching YouTube video, Andy's face there was an absolute picture. Mm. Uh, away Sealaway is. um is it fourteen to one? Yeah, fourteen to one. With Three six five. Twelve to one with Hills. John, but before we move on to the last race, just going to come to you just on Mishriff again. Um, yeah. I mean, is, is there any is there any concern that you know in in Mishrif's pretty stellar career so far um, since since being a novice, two of the worst runs have probably come at asker. I mean, I don't know if the if the run occurred uh, you know a month or so, two months or so ago behind Adi was was too poor, but this race last year going into it four to one and was beaten eleven you know twelve lengths into eighth. You know, we, we know that Ascot is a course where certain horses struggle at Ascot if they don't run well there. Are you were talking concerned at 6-4 to four that Mischief might be one of those, or is that, was there enough promise back in July to suggest that, that it should be okay?
1: Yeah, that, uh, I thought there, was, there is a bit of a concern. You'd, you'd, you'd rather the, the run of the Champions Stakes last year have been better. I just thought the Champions Stakes, the meeting last year, was on really soft ground. We yeah. had uh, a couple of weeks earlier, we had a meeting at, at Ascot that was abandoned and the ground never really recovered that a lot of rain since uh, in the intervening two weeks this has been different we had a really heavy ground or very soft ground two weeks ago but it's been virtually dry since then so mm. i think the ground on saturday will be probably uh, uh, realistically as good as uh, asco could have hoped for at this time of year and i don't think it'll be as bad as last year and i actually think mishra just looks a better model of late and if it would have been genuinely soft ground on Saturday, I would have been more concerned, but hopefully he'll get away with it. And well, hopefully he'd be fine it on Saturday anyway.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Gonna be interesting. Mischrift gonna be popular with many at six to four. Uh, on then to the last race of the day, it's the Balmoral Handicap. And uh, Sunray Major is the 11 to four favourite, I think, to Hills. Yeah, 11 to four favourite. Uh, King Leonidas, five to one. Aldari, 7 to 1. Uh, Nugget, 8 to 1. Matthew Flinders, 16s. Shalir, 16s. Escobar, Dashing Roger, Johan, all 20 to 1. 25 to 1. A few in there. Kenzai Wario, You, uh, Montatham, Ross Colin, uh, Saltonstall, Sabuska, uh, 33 to 1 bar. Plenty in here. And Andy, it's never an easy race to, to pick the winner of. But am I right in thinking that your pick here, Andy, is the same as your McDonald's order? You're after the Nuggets. I'm after the
2: Nuggets, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been waiting for Nugget to. Running one of these races for a little while now, I I thought when when he was early on in the season when he was unlucky in the Thirsk Cup and not you know running running some of those fantastic time figures he was doing um, that when he won was it the Spring Cup was it did he win the Spring Cup I think he did didn't he mm. John Mopden yeah, help me out that this fellow would probably end up at Royal Ascot in the in the um, the Group One the the, the Queen Anne. And I was waiting for, I just kept, I kept putting him in my search engine, Nugget, future entries, Nugget, future entries, got no entries at Royal Ascot. I so thought, what's happened to him? Is he badly injured or is he retired or whatever? And all of a sudden he, he shipped up at Haydock, um, in um, late September, didn't he? After a 147-day break. And he, he sort of took a handicap in the style or the manner that suggested that he certainly wouldn't have been far away in, in 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 group races had they gone down that particular route. I just think they were looking to get him back on track and perhaps um, um, exploit his his current mark before maybe next season stepping him to that category because I do think he'll be a queen queen and next season uh, for sure. Um, and this will give us a a perfect idea whether Ascot suits him. Um, I, I I've got a sneaky feeling it might because you know he he seems to like a straight track as he proved when he won at Newbury. He's just got an amazing cruising speed. If you look at it, look at him. He's always a horse that's on the bridle and he finds plenty for pressure. Um, So this race is going to be absolutely tailor-made for him. He's got a nice draw, I think. We don't know until we've seen the sprint race what what will materialise. You could hold all bets until you've seen that race and then, then make your play for this race. You don't have to bet it on Friday or Saturday morning just because you want to get a good price, I think. You might be better off just taking the price at points shorter and waiting to see if you're on the right side of the draw. But providing still seven is OK for Nugget. It's hard to see him not going well because I think he's a proper quality horse that I don't think they've even scratched the surface with yet. Um, I, think he's, I think he's a better prospect than Aldari. And I'm not absolutely, t- totally convinced Aldari stays a mile. He was good the other day of a but He wants a stronger than seven. He's tried a mile and he didn't get it. Um, you'd have to have a healthy respect for the, the, the favourite Sunray Major. But this is a far cry from what he took Took on the other day. Um, he might have looked good, but his time figure wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And I'd, I'd be more than happy to take him on at 11 to 4. I think that's a silly price. Um, you know, he's got to prove himself for over a mile. Is he the right side of the draw? 21. I mean, he, he could be in the worst possible place there. He's got a lot to prove for me, Sunray Major. Um, so I think I think Nuggets are better horse than him anyway. Um, and the other one to mention as well is, is um, Sir Busker. <laughs> um, I mean, taking the words the,
0: out of John's mouth there I think
2: 25 to
0: 1
2: mm. it's just a complete head scratcher I mean a year, you roll the clock back a year ago and he was 4th in the, in the champion stakes off a mark of 111 um, he run his absolute face off that day. he had no right to finish 4th he, you know, he, was, he was a 66 to 1 shot but it just shows you what this boy can do when he's got the straight track here at Ascot and if you look at all his runs here Take away the round-track runs. His straight-track form here at Ascot is sensational. He's now actually been dropped to 111. I think he only got beat two lengths at Sandown last time out. Again, at a track that probably wouldn't play into his strengths. And he's only he's only run this far. This He's two runs so far this season at Ascot. I've been third at Oh, This Is Us and third to Palace Pier. And he's beaten two lengths in the Queen Anne. So he's a genuine Group 1 horse and he runs off 111 in a handicap, and he's 25-1, to one and he's drawn stall three. And he's got his ground as well. And mm. you oh, shit, Murphy booked as well. Got, got the list of positives are, uh, are <laughs> stacking up by the second. And, and the last uh, list of positive is that I think John McConnell's going to speak favourably of him as well.
0: Yeah, I don't think Oshin Murphy's going to be uh, left wondering at the end of this one, is he, John? Uh, positives for Zabaska for, for you too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to rant on for 90 seconds, but... Andy saying all that means I've only got nine seconds to play with exactly the same things Um, he would have hit the frame in the QE2 this time last year but he veered across the track which is unlike him he ends up on the stand rails I think he finished a neck or so behind Palace Pier as a result of that Uh, but his form at the straight track here is superb he won the the one year they had the Hunt Cup consolation uh, the summer of last year he won that as well there's plenty to like there's only about a stone between Top weight and bottom weight. <clears throat> uh, he cannot be 25 to 1. That is, mm. well, he is 20. I'm not saying that he isn't the, the price. Um, I'd be staggered if that price is still in town on Saturday morning. And if we can get that with an extra place or two, all the better. Um, another horse I would mention is Reju, the Joseph horse. Yeah,
0: he's
1: a bit hit and miss. Uh, but he's got some form, and I don't think the Galway run was too bad last time. He won a similar race. He's got big field form in
0: Ireland. In he won at the Curra, didn't
1: he? He did, yeah. He looked a good horse a couple of years ago but when he was at Andrew Baldy and ran a few small field races, such as the Rosa Lancaster Stakes at mm. Newmarket, he won a listed or a Group 3 there in the summer meeting. But he's got now a bit of big field, straight course form as well. He can be ridden prominently. There's not a huge amount of pace. What pace I have detected in this race is could be a negative for Zabasker because the pace I can see are all among the high numbers. But as Andy says, this could change completely. <clears throat> and we saw in this race last year when Niord scraped the paint over on the far side. You really want to be low on that occasion, as it was proved a couple of weeks ago as well at the the the, the meeting in the seven furlong handicap. Then so. I think Raju is a bit of a player at a price. Uh, Nugget looks rock solid at those ahead of the market. Um, but I am, I'm with Andy. I think Sebuska is a big, big price. I'd actually say it's just the wrong price, to be quite honest. It's one of those that he jumps off the page you think, no, that's, that can't be right, it can't be 25 But if it is. So we will have to take it then, wouldn't we?
0: Yeah, don't pass it up. Um, Nugget, eight we- to one. Uh, raise you 25 to 1 with Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook and victor and Sabuska. That 25 to 1 is with William Hill and Bet365 at the moment, so act fast there for Sabuska. Uh, Thank you very much to both Andy and a fantastic debut from John as well for joining us today and going through the card on Champions Day. Fingers crossed some winners in there do subscribe to the odds checker youtube channel and to the podcast on any podcast platform to get all of these previews and plenty other things as well on the youtube channel lots of feature content coming out soon which we're very excited about as well uh do download the odds checker app there you can find the best prices bookie offers free bets place terms and the best tipsters in the game including andy himself do enjoy the racing and please ensure that you are gambling responsibly Uh, You know, don't go crazy on these tips. They're just our fancies and sure you're only betting what you can afford to lose. So please do gamble responsibly, but crucially, make sure you enjoy Champions Day. It promises to be an absolute cracker.